I cheat at D&D, and I'm not going to stop. So, I'm your usual D&D, and I have this weird confession to make where, yes, I cheat at D&D. Sounds weird, yeah, but I love it. To make things a bit easy, let me set the stage for you. I've been DMing for my group for a few years now. And as the saying goes, fake it till you make it, right? So that's precisely what I've been doing. Faking my entire campaign. Yeah, you read that right. I cheat at D&D. And guess what? I'm not going to stop. You see, I've been running a very go-with-the-flow style campaign. While my players Ethan, Mia, Leo, Nicole, and Isabel believe that every session is an amazing setup made by me, where I attentively plan every encounter, and all, but in truth, I'm just winging it half the time. They have cool fights and epic moments, showdowns and elaborate heists, but little do they know it's all a lie, a ruse, an elaborate fib to account for my lack of prep. If I had to give a short example, there was this intense boss battle a while back. My players were convinced that they were about to face some kind of an amazing enemy, that I'd spent hours fine-tuning. But guess what? I didn't even think of its AC before we rolled for initiative. I just went along with it, when in reality I didn't even know what half their stat blocks are. I just throw out some random numbers until they feel satisfied, and then I describe how they kill it. So, how it went was, Ethan said, I rolled a hit, that's a 23. Me internally, what was his AC again? Oh right, I didn't set one. You hit, describe your attack. I don't predetermine hit points, or attacks really. Combat just goes back and forth and I ensure that it feels both threatening but winnable for my players. Mia whispering to Leo. Man, he's really upped his game. This is intense. If only they knew. As they engaged with my meticulously designed boss fight and went through all the unplanned interactions, they had no idea about my improvisation. And honestly, it felt kind of thrilling. I mean, they were enjoying it, so where's the harm? But then came the piece de resistance. I introduced what I believe was a clear trope an ancient virus sealed away in a well-guarded location. I expected them to keep it locked up, to protect the world from its devastating effects and all. Instead, they acted like kids at a candy store, seeing it as a challenge to even my surprise. Nicole, these traps and wards, there's got to be something valuable here. Isabel looking skeptical. I don't know, the DM did warn us it was dangerous. Me trying to give them another hint. As you move deeper, you feel an unsettling energy a sense that everything is going to go bad. Are you sure you want to continue? Ethan's smirking. He's just trying to throw us off. Come on, guys. And so they went in ahead, ignoring every red flag I threw their way. When they finally encountered the source of the virus and got themselves infected, I almost felt bad for them. Almost. Leo panicking. Wait, so there's no treasure? Me sighing. No, just a deadly virus. The table was silent. And then, Nicole groaning. So we literally just signed our own death certificates? Isabel shaking their head. Looks like it. That one session ended with total frustration for the first time, as I kinda chose to stick with a predetermined plot, instead of making it up to the benefit of my players like I always do. The one time. They were so mad at themselves for misunderstanding the trope so completely. As for me, I learned that I should've just done what I always do. In the next session, however, I thought maybe I could tweak something around for the members. Ethan, Mia, Leo, Nicole, and Isabel sat down at the table for our next session. I decided to introduce a new narrative going back to my old ways. I introduced them to a new set of characters, the mercenary group known as the Shadow Hunters, and as the old characters died, they were kinda reborn, with the shift being for them to be Leo the Rogue, Ethan the Burly Barbarian, Mia the Cunning Sorcerer, 
Nicole the disciplined monk, and Isabel the healing cleric. All of them shifted uncomfortably, and thus we began. The mercenary group was contacted by a shady figure, who turned out to be a representative of the government. The amount deposited into their account made it clear that this was no ordinary mission, but when the man finally unveiled the gravity of the situation, it all made sense. The Rep. A group of terrorists breached one of our labs. Inside that lab locked away was a doomsday device, a virus with the power to destroy the world, which infected the previous group, obviously. You've been chosen to get rid of the virus. Ethan looking skeptical. Why us? There are other legendary groups out there. The Rep. Smirking. Because legendary groups have a code. You, on the other hand, will do anything for the right price. Nicole narrowing her eyes. What's the job? The rep laid out the plan. They had to enter the facility, retrieve a lethal device from another section, and deploy it to eliminate the virus. The catch? They had five minutes to get to the cryogenic personnel containment unit post-activation. If they succeeded, the reward would be handsome, but the chances of survival were slim. What I basically thought was to reanimate the old corpses as virus-riddled zombies, and the group need to kill them again, before they make it out into the world and spread the plague further. Mia quickly got into character examining the scene. We need to act fast. If they break free and infect others, the entire world's at stake. Isabel taking a deep breath. We do this, not just for the money, but to fix the mistakes of the past. Leo gripping his daggers. Let's do it. The group made their way to the facility. Using the provided keycard, they navigated through the labyrinthine halls. The undead roamed everywhere, a grotesque parody of the life they once led. Ethan, swinging his axe, says, It's just like the old days, only with more zombies. As they got in deeper, I went back to my old ways, as the group faced more challenges as they finally ended up reaching the virus chamber, where the old corpses were present, as virus-riddled zombies. Mia, like she was all empathetic, saying, We have to end their suffering. The undead adventurers rushed towards them as the group now kinda had to fight themselves. So in the end, the final boss in this story was the party themselves, just as zombies. With the chamber cleared, Nicole activated the device. The timer began to tick down. The group ran away as fast as they could dodging obstacles, battling more undead, and eventually reaching the CPC unit. Mia gasping for breath. We're almost there! Keep pushing! As the timer neared zero, they made it, diving into the cryogenic personnel containment unit in time, and the device being activated, the virus was eliminated. Everyone was happy again and so was I, obviously, as I was reminded of the magic of improvisation. Because embrace the unknown and let the story unfold, right? As particularly for me cheating and not knowing, improvising isn't really cheating in my opinion. I did feel like I'm deceiving them, but I realized it's all a dance where you lead, they follow. Sometimes they lead and you follow. It's the beauty of D&D. After our last session, Ethan met me and praised my twist and said I was so smart to keep on with the fun. All my players still think I carefully plan each of my campaigns, but honestly, I still keep going on with the flow and never let them know. Because, I mean, why would I ever reveal my secret tricks to make each session fun? I'd say games have been a mystery for me, so I always look forward to DMing more sessions, as like my players, even I don't know what's coming next. For everyone else, I'd kind of take this story as both a cautionary story and an amusing anecdote. Remember, whether you plan everything to the last detail, or you're a winged wizard like me, clear communication is key. And as for the cheating, well, as long as they're having fun, who's to say it's wrong? Improvisation is the soul of Dungeons & Dragons. My approach to DMing is creating a rough outline of plot devices that my players can run into that will propel the story forward. Of course, most of the time they go in the complete opposite direction, and I shift my plot devices that way or simply make things up. I think that if you're playing D&D correctly, you have to be cheating just a little. 
Share your stories about your incredible improvisation skills in the comments below. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel, All Things D&D. Stay tuned for more amazing Dungeons & Dragons content every Tuesday.